0: You are now listening to the Life and Football podcast. Check out the new website lifeandfootball.com. Once again, the website is lifeinfootball.com. Thanks for listening. This
1: is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's Life and Football. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This Get
0: on track. Yeah, that's life and football. It's life and football. We are life and football. Welcome to the Life and Football Podcast, baby. I'm your host, Mike Fee.
2: And this your cohes, Cola Moore. You know we loving life and enjoying football.
0: Top-notch coaches all around the world. Top-top-notch coaches all around the world. Today we got Coach Lock-On, Coach Carlos Lachlan, and he represents for them Hilltoppers, West Kentucky. He's a running back coach for them, and he's doing a phenomenal job. He also spreads a great message, and his power through God. And he's a coach that has experience at the high school level. He did his thing in the M-Time, Memphis, Tennessee, 901. He did it up there in high school for about eight years, and then he did it in the college level as well for the Memphis Tigers. And then he went on down there to them Florida State Seminole, and he did a little time down there with Coach Norvell, and now he's the running back coach at West Kentucky. And not to mention, he's an athlete, y'all. When he was in high school playing ball, he came out, and he come out of the great state of alabama the Gump time three three four knocking at your door and he did a phenomenal job in high school then he went on and did his thing at chattanooga tennessee and he played his college ball there and would y'all believe one year he led the team in interception where he tied for the league and then the next year he led the team in rushing. So he was a cornerback one time. and the next time he was a running back. And this in college. So this this is why I say he was a top-notch athlete when he played ball. But without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and let Simo bring him on. Coach,
2: how you doing today?
3: I'm doing I'm doing all right, man. I'm 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 blessed and, and, and very highly favored this um just to be up this morning.
2: Hey, it's a blessing to have you on too, Coach, and you hit that right on the money. Now, Coach, I'm going to jump right from what Mike said because, to me, at the college level, playing DB and running back, that means you was nice out there. You was a playmaker hands down. So, I want to hear how that went, just to go from running back, DB, DB running back, how did that play out?
3: Uh, I mean, I I I, I, I just love the game of football. I was always a – uh, a good at, a, a good athlete and um you know my first couple years at chat I was at running back and you know I started at running back then um you know I had one of one of my good friends who played receiver named Marco Shepard had got had passed away in a car accident and um, I remember going to coach I was like coach I'm gonna go play D I'm gonna go play DB and, um because they used to always mess around with some of the receivers and covering I said I'm gonna go play DB and my coach thought I was um, at the time. Um, Buddy Green was my head coach. He thought I was playing, so I went out to his house on the golf course there in Chattanooga, and we talked about it. And um, I don't think he was reluctant to move me from running back, but I, I just wanted I wanted to do something different. Um, so I went over there and I, I learned how to play corner. Um, and had a, you know had a pretty good run at it um, from my um, from my junior year into my. Um, four games of my senior year. then after that coach came to me and said look we need help running the ball so I switched over to running the ball the last you no know, six or seven games or so and I you know, I think I got conference I got, think I got played um uh, week in the conference um three straight times um I end up uh, putting up over 1300 yards of total offense rushing and receiving in those games and that's you know put me on the NFL guys much more on their radar knowing that I could play both
2: now coach Saying that, you would have been on – if I'm a scout, I definitely would have been on you ASAP seeing all that. Now, you did get to go to the NFL, but at the same time, you actually got into coaching as well. So, how did those two match? Like, when you got the NFL shot and then when did you know you wanted to go to Coach Ball?
3: Um When I got that opportunity in, in the spring of 2000, um at that time, um, the gen- well, at that time, he was a, just an area scout, Jerry Reese. He ended up being a general manager for the Giants. That's who came and um, got me out of um, Chattanooga. Um, I went to the Giants, and unfortunately, it was a short stay due to uh, my injury. Um, couldn't get cleared uh, to perform. Um, but to be honest with you guys, um, you know, that's when God started working on my life. And um, when they say it's a marathon – Um, It's a process for your season, but my process took a long time. I mean, a long time, and uh, I wanted nothing to do with football um, after that. I worked out uh, the next spring um, in 2001 for some teams um, there in Chattanooga. It just didn't work out, and I ended up playing arena football um, for a while, played for the um, Memphis Explorers and Manchester Wolves, and um, I finished up uh, with the Explorers, but – I want. I didn't want anything to do with football because I had worked all my life to get to that point. And you tell me I was. Um, I was angry. Um, about the things that happened because I knew I was just as good an athlete or running back or whatever I had to play as anybody that was playing. I just wanted an opportunity to get on that stage. So I really didn't want to coach ball. Wanted anything to do with ball. But um, when I got, you know, moved here in Memphis in 2004, I worked. Of different jobs and got in law enforcement and um, I was fortunate enough to um, start um, coaching in the local neighborhoods here at the local high schools here and man that's when God started working on my life and started putting me in position um, for my calling.
0: Now coach I hear you saying God played a significant role in your life and I want to know who else played a major role in your life and how I was growing up and who helped you to become the person that you are today?
3: Uh, you know, This this been a, you know, waking up this morning and, you know, I thought about the, you know, the man who was, you know, poured into me, you know, um, people know my story of, you know, uh, you know, getting in, you know, college football, the journey I had to walk on coach where well, I've been on a, a walk on to start my life. Um, uh, Man, my mom had me at an early age, you know, around my 13, 14 years old. Uh, I was denied by my father, who lived right across the street from my mom. Um, me and my father had a relationship now, but I was denied by my father. Um, said I wasn't his. So the only man that I knew to uh, step up and be my father was two guys. That was my father's um, father, uh, and called him Papa Seals, and he died um, in, um, some years ago. I'm in mean, the early 2000s. Uh, and the next guy was my mom's younger brother, who was um, around 13 years older than me. And that was my, my Uncle Ray. Uh, most kids grew up um, wanting to be like their fathers or some kind of sports athlete. I grew up wanting to be like my Uncle Ray. Uh, he was my hero. Uh, the man that I am today, everything about me from my spiritual foundation, uh, for my love of music, for my love of the um, great artist Prince all that come from me, um, idolizing my uncle. And, you know, yesterday I, I lost my uncle. I lost my hero yesterday. Um, he passed away at 57 years old there in Georgia, uh, where my mom had been keeping him. And, uh, man, it, it has hit me, um, it, it hit me hard because, you know, since I've been a little boy, that, 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 that man has poured into me so much. Um, when I was coming up, you know, being, you know, uh, the son of a young teenage girl, I would often hear that, you know, I wasn't going to be anything. Uh, my mom wasn't nothing. I wasn't going to be nothing. But my uncle poured into me tremendously. He gave me discipline. He gave me a foundation. He foundation, gave me structure. He gave me love. Um, he always used to tell me, like, you're going to be somebody. God got a calling on your life. You know, I, I was with my uncle when I first got baptized. Um, there, in my local church, uh, Morning Pilgrim, there in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, I was with my uncle. Every every significant step in my life has been with my uncle. When I first arrived at Chattanooga, it was my uncle that that that, that dropped me off um, there in Chattanooga. And he just told me, said God got some great things. Um, uh, in store for you. You just got to keep your faith and, and, and trust that in due season it will come and it's going to be on God's time and not your time. So, yesterday, man, I lost my my hero. I, I lost the, my, my reason for me being who I am because that guy right there, he wasn't just my uncle. He wasn't just my best friend. He was like a father to me. So, you no, know, I lost him yesterday. And like I said, you no, know, I'm going to miss him.
0: Coach, that was an amazing story. And I'm so proud of you for making it through that, just telling us that because a lot of young men really need to hear that. And a lot of young adults, especially out here in the football world, because a lot of people get caught so caught up in they self and get so caught up in they... The, the hype of the of the situation, who getting recruited well, who going well, instead of really appreciating the moment and appreciating the situation. So I gotta thank you for sharing that with us. Now coach, if you could give us a little background how it was for you playing ball in high school and how you ending up choosing um UT chat to play ball at.
3: Uh to be honest with you, like I said, um I have always been as in something young folks said the guy. And I played there in high school. No, I wasn't an average player. I was way above average. I was a good running back in high school, but I also shared the ball with another phenomenal uh, running back. Um, my One of my best friends, his name was Chris Shakuma. Um, he played there at Arkansas, uh, big running back fast, but we shared the ball with each other in high school. And, and, and the truth be told, no, I played fullback. No, I played fullback because of the things that were required for the fullback to do to catch the ball, and I was just the better athlete. And I also returned kicks, punts. I did, I did every, I did everything. So um, there, I was like I said, men, like I'm forever connected to that guy. No, it was either you no know, Lachlan and Shakuma. We were the guys in the season running the ball at that time in Montgomery. And um, our senior year, I, we went eight and two, and we didn't, we didn't even make it to the playoffs. So that was the end of our, our season. season. Won eight games, lost two, and didn't make it to the playoffs at the time. The way things were set up there in Alabama. But uh, man, I, uh, I enjoyed my time there in uh, Montgomery. Um, uh, working hard, but you know, um. My skill set and my talent said um, power five, bigger school, but my grade said (laughs) something else. Um, I I lack discipline in that area. Of course, like I said, I've been with my uncle since I've been 12. My uncle put it on me to pretty much know it's it's on you. It's what you want to do. If this is your dream, you're going to motivate yourself in the classroom. You're going to motivate yourself working out. Well, I motivated myself uh, working out. And then you know, coming in my senior year, that's when the NCAA flipped to the uh, slide and the GPA, and I got caught up in that. But um, I ended up um, going to Chattanooga. And I'm so thankful for uh, Coach Lorenzo Ward, who's there at Chattanooga now as a de- defensive coordinator, and uh, Rusty Wright, who's the head coach. All those guys are on the staff uh, when I got there uh, to Chattanooga UTC in 96. Uh, man, Chattanooga was the best place for me, man. I, know, I mean, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, I, the friends that I made there, the coaches that was on staff there who are currently in the profession now, to Corey Edmonds, who's a head strength coach at um, at Kentucky, to Ricky Logo, who's a D-line coach at um, at Washington State, to Shane Montgomery, who's now the officer coordinator at Buffalo, uh, to Donnie Kilpatrick, who's an OC now in East Carolina. I came across some – I met mean, some some great guys, Dave Mer- Merritt, who's who's now the secondary coach with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the list go on and on and on of, of great coaches that I came across there at their school and, and some of the players that I played with. Um, it was the best place for me. And also, I met my wife there. So that's forever changed my life. So if I had to do it all over again, yes, I had big-time talent. But John Nugan, God put me in the right position for me to be successful there at UTC.
2: Now, Coach, with God blessing you with your uncle stepping up and your papa as well, but your uncle being right there for you and pointing to you and just grooming you, then you go to college and you get groomed more and more. Um, With all that happening, does that really prepare you like you wanted it to to help all the players that you come in contact with now?
3: Well, I'm going I'm to I'm tell you like this. Um, despite all those things that were poured into me, you know, I spent some times, I tell people, I don't live in a glass house. I, I, I like being open and transparent with people and telling them the truth. And that's one thing I'm so thankful. God blessed me with the ability to spread the gospel and speak on my life. All that was poured into me. I still had my time in the wilderness, as I can say, when I was wondering, really trying to find who... who the real Carlos locker. I spent my time, but the whole time I spent my time in the wilderness uh, and, and wandering through this world, um, God was right there with me every step of the way. And those lessons that I had learned from my from my Papa Seals, the lessons I had learned from my Uncle Ray uh, and the many men who were pouring into me, those lessons... Um, it, it it gave me a foundation of faith that that knowing that no matter what I may be facing no matter what I may be going through uh, I'll keep my faith keep my faith and I tell people this all the time you no know, um the way I was living my life was was not the the, the right way God wanted me to live my life but something that I learned God don't ask for your perfection. he asked for you to be consistent. Now, I knew I wasn't going to never be perfect in, in my walk, but I wasn't being consistent. And when I started being consistent, that's when God started showing up more and more. And I started walking consistent every day. And I start walking consistent every day off of those lessons that my my, my, my Papa Seals, off of those lessons that my, my Uncle Ray had taught me on, on my faith and the many things that many men have poured into me. So um, it, it those things that they poured into me, it came intuition late on as I matured as a man in life,
0: Coach. Now, I hear you saying you played in Gump in the Gump time at the famous Sidney Lanier High School for y'all, a lot of young men who just looking at coaches, Coach as <laughs> Coach. Trust me, he come from a legendary background. Reggie Barlow, who's the head coach at uh, Virginia State, he played at Sydney Linnell. Rest in peace to DeVar Jackson. He was the second round pick. He played at Sydney Linnell, and uh, I remember y'all had a real good running back who played at Alabama State by the name of Kendrick Williams. He played at Sydney Linnell. So, how was it, man? Just knowing all that talent that came from there, and you know, seeing old guys go on and you know do the thing in the NFL. And um, how was that for you?
3: Well, uh, Reggie, I and I know I know Reggie well. My fact, um, saw him this summer, then Kennesaw, uh, Kennesaw, Georgia. Reggie was before me. Um, Keldrick and Tavares they came after me. But you talking about you know, it's a whole bunch of players that came through the them. Gino James, who played with me, who played with the uh, Panthers, who played the Allman. Um, uh man, let me uh Bart Star, Richmond Flowers, I'm talking about man, um, it's so many great players who came through there. and know uh, it, it's a ton of players. Um watching those guys, particularly in Richard Barlow, that motivated me to want to go off to school and um do something uh, uh with, with with myself. Um and like I said, you know, during that time man, Lanier to me was the school to go to. You talking about my mom graduated from there, my, my father, uh, my, my uncles, my auntie, cousins. Um, a lot of their teachers taught me in high school. So, you know, I came up in that time where, you know, the bands were big. And like I said, near was like to me was the school. And I wanted to you know, graduate from there. So, but um, I, I followed um, – Tavares' um, um, career, along with Keldrick, because he came behind me and um, Christian Kuma. But we always had good athletes over there on that side of town. So like I said, just you know, representing that school the best way I can. As an athlete, now as a coach, it's, it's very important. It's very important to me. My uncle is the assistant principal over there now. So that has always been um, important to me, uh, representing that that area uh, for kids who look like me in that area, who come up like me. It, it's been very important to me that I represent uh, myself the best way that I can uh, because of that, uh, because of that high school and being a poet.
0: Now, coach, this is my last question, and I gotta give a shout out to you, coach. You seem like a respectable man, and I know you're doing the same thing with your household. I got to give a shout out to your wife, Victoria, and your twin sons, Donovan and Dorian. And now, could I
3: you... son and daughter. I got I, 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 That That kind of get people confused all the time. Me and my wife thought we was having two boys, and we had a little girl, so um my son's name is Donovan, and my daughter's name is Dorian.
0: Okay, so if you could, break down the dynamics of being a coach and at the same time, because a lot of players need to know, you know, y'all and, and they know it too. But it's like a lot of people, like I said earlier, get so caught up in themselves and worrying about me, 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 and not really even considering the coach because the coach gonna always ask the player, Hey, how you doing? But a player almost never likely asks the coach, How he doing? Every now and then they may ask, but. Just if you could give us a little insight how it is with you and your family as a coach and, you know, some of the dynamics of you and your family. I'm going tell you
3: something. I am so uh, thankful for my wife, Victoria. Um Me chasing this dream of, you know, I got a late start into this coaching thing. I'm 43 years old, you know, and I this is my fifth year um, going into college. But I'm so thankful for my wife. Because she, you know, left her you no know, her good job here in, in Memphis for in order for me to chase my, my, my dream. And she said that she believed in what God had called me to do. Um now me coaching high school ball and um getting into college, and like I said, it has been um it has been some work. And you know, my wife has to reel me in sometimes. I am a very competitive person. So it could be times where people think, you know, people are off. I'm never off. I'm always working. I'm always working on trying to improve myself um, in the coaching aspect. Matter of fact, I got a good friend that's the DB coach up there at um, Marshall, Dominique Bowman. So normally I'm calling him. We talking football all the time. I could be driving the car with my family. I'm always talking ball, and sometimes my wife had to reel me back in. She said, hey, "Baby, sometimes you got to turn yourself off," and that's something I have I have been struggling with um, turning myself on and off when it comes to, um, to to the game because. To some people, it's a job. To me, it's, it's been my lifestyle. It's been a, it's been my life. So, um, man, my wife has been phenomenal uh, with me um, making this transition, getting to college. You know, she reels me in. She kind of keeps me uh, um, steady. And uh, my kids, um, having um, going on this journey, and, and, and they get a chance to experience this. They, you know, my kids and my daughter and my son, I mean, they pour so much into me just telling me that, you're good coach. Hey, we're proud of you. Keep keep doing it. And they play a big role with my with my guys now that I got my own room. My wife and my kids play a big role with them. But, um, man, I am, I, I would not be where I'm at right now, you know, without, you know, number one, God, number one, God blessing me with a wonderful helpmate, man, with my wife. I mean, I, I am the man that I am now uh, because of, of that because of what she has poured in me with the prayer she has prayed for me. Cause like I said, when my wife, you know, got, got with me, it's, it'll be 20 years uh, come here in September. Uh, we met in school, man. I was a boy who had to mature into a man and it took a strong woman like her to, 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 to walk with me on that process of maturing into the man that God um, had called me to be. So I'm, I'm thankful for, for her.
0: Coach, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wonderful story with us. And I just got to say, a lot of young men need people like you for us in the coaching room. Because a lot of times, life can just go by without any information of how to be successful and how to move forward and just being a man and better yet, being a man of God. And that's what you are doing. You're pointing to the young men all across the country. But you're doing it in a major way through your, through your social medias. And they see this. And then when you go into the room and you're coaching your guys, they're watching you. And they seeing how you operate. So, Coach, I want to thank you for being the person that you are and just represent as a life and football person as well. We didn't we didn't see you with the life and football shirt. Um, matter of fact, it was a coach who actually told us before we ever saw you with the shirt on a coach um, by the name of Michael Cole from Madison County. He saw you uh It was at a Florida State practice or something one day. And we had him on the podcast. And he was like, yeah, I saw uh, Coach Lock. He had one of you guys' shirts on, man. And, you know, it just – and we want to thank you for that, Coach, because we're just trying to spread a positive message. And you helping us do that, you know, just through just simply just, you know, liking the tweet here or there. And just, you know, you, you actually went out and bought the shirt too, Coach. So I just want to thank you for that. And, y'all – this is Coach Locke, man, West Kentucky. If y'all want to play with a good program, check them out, man. They got a big boy stadium, beautiful uniform, and Bowling Green is the place where you can grow as a man. And I'm going to leave y'all how I always leave y'all. Keep your head up and not down. I ask you a fall to the ground. It's the Life in Football podcast. Catch you next time.
1: This is a new day to try to get right this is a new day to get on track yeah that's life in football this is a new day to live your life this is a new day to try to get right this is a new day to get on track yeah that's life in football it's life in football we are life in football